Hi, ladies. So now in the uh, Corona era, we're going to be doing things a little bit different. Um, I'll be recording voice shirim as well as um, video shirim, and let's see how they go. So this is going to be our first shir on Pesach. Um, I'll put a few on into the group, but specifically in our in our little group. So what I want to look at really is an introduction to the whole process of the Seder, and then please go at some ideas as well as we go through. So firstly, we know the Seder, how does our Seder begin? Our Seder actually begins, I suppose, with the cleaning of the, of the, of the house, which everybody should be involved in. Um, it's something important that, uh, that everybody is, is engaged and involved, not only in just expressing the celebration, but really in part of the preparation of the Seder, because uh, it's in the preparation of the Seder that the real sipuk, that the real enjoyment, that the real um, fulfillment comes, not simply by doing the rote of the mitzvahs. So preparation means cleaning. Preparation also means actually preparing things to say at the Seder. Preparation means laying the table. Preparation means being part of the Pesach experience. And for those people who normally go away for Pesach, it seemed to be that this year, not many, if anyone's going to be going away for Pesach. So it really gives an opportunity to come closer together as a family for us to have a beautiful Pesach experience. So there are a... Uh, all, we all very know, you know, we all know very well, sorry, the Kadesh, Urchatz, Karpas, Yachatz. Everybody knows the order of the Seder. That's actually brought down from... Um, Rashi in the Marks of Vitri, although others hold that it's Rabbi Shmuel of Falei, one of the uh, one of the Balei Tosfot, um, they put it together, and we know it goes Kadesh, Urchatz, Karpas, Yachatz, and each step is a step of the Seder. By the way, if you look closely, you'll notice that there actually are fifteen steps of the Seder, and this is the introduction to this concept of fifteen, because fifteen is not an arbitrary number. 15 is the steps of the Seder. There are 15 Dayenus. There are uh, 15 steps that correspond to the Shira Malot. Um, the 15 Shira Malots that are said, were said by the Levim in the time of the Beit HaMikdash. Because 15 is a massive number. What is, what is the number 15? The number 15 is the number Yud and Hay. Yud Hay, um, which really is one of the names of Hashem, but not only one of the names of, this, of Hashem, the Pasuk says, Ki b'yah yudhei. Ki b'yah sur kol alamim. That Hashem created the world with the name Yudhei. So Yudhei, which is 15, really is an indicative way in which the world was created. And so therefore we have to just bear, bear that in mind as we go through the Seder, that really part of what we're doing in the Seder is recreating a world. Um, through 15 processes that will allow us to reach high, high uh, levels of connection to family, to ourselves, to the Rebona Shalom, to Hashem Himself. So let's look at um, a couple of those. Um, because in order to understand what the process is, we need to understand that there really are four main parts of the Seder night. There's the Kiddush, which is fundamental. Kadesh. After that, the next most important part is the Magid. Then there is the mitzvahs of eating all those different things. And I don't mean the, the, 
the chicken soup and kanedlach, what I mean is the mitzvahs of eating. That's the matzah, the maro with charoset, the korech, and then as well the, um, the beautiful su'uda, and then as well the, um, the afikomen. So that's one aspect. And the final one, of course, is, um, is halal. Is halal is a fundamental part of the Seder. In actual fact, it's a fundamental part of the night. So much so that there's a massive break of tradition by, um, by some communities. Ashkenazim are very strict not to, whereas the Hasidim and the, um, yeah, the Sephardim are very strict to ensure that they say halal um, on the night of the Seder. And uh, it's very beautiful because it, it, it moves one into a, a mindset of gratitude, of thanks, of praise um, to Hashem for this incredible thing that He did for us in making us a nation, taking us out of Mitzrayim, and uh, to find the spaces where we can really find relevance for those things in, uh, in, in our lives. Um, but let's look and we'll see how how things fit into these four main structures of the Seder night. So much of what I'm going to speak to you about now is really from Rav Yosef Tzvirimon. Um, Rav Rimon has got a beautiful Seder, which he calls the Shirat Miriam. Um, it's quite hard to get now, um, but uh, it's worthwhile if one is able to get it, go online and see if one can buy it. Uh, but now that not much is happening between here and Israel, it's quite hard to get it through. But if you are able to possibly get it at the Kolel um, Bookshop, it's worth buying. It's a beautiful thing. Rav Yosef Tzvi reminds say um, Haggadah. So he explains the following. We start off with Kiddush. Kiddush is our first cup of wine. We all know. What is the concept of Kiddush? We're not just saying Kiddush. And very often we get that wrong. Kiddush is not just the thing that allows us to carry on with the rest of the night's affairs. So very often, on say a Shabbos, a Yont, if you come home late from Shul, everyone says, let's just make Kiddush, let's make Kiddush and get on with the meal. And I think that, especially on the night of, of Seder night, where we know that we should try and get this, the proceedings moving as soon as possible, the one thing that whilst it's, it's, the start, and once we get going, then we can get going, is we should be aware not to just get it going, but rather just to take a step back and say, hold on a second, what is this idea of Kiddush? And really Kiddush is, as we know, sanctification. But it's not just sanctification. What it really is, is saying to the people, the participants around the table, of whom the most important are our children, that we are supposed to be fulfilling on this night, we got it to that on this night we're supposed to be fulfilling the mitzvah of teaching our children what it means to be a Jew as, as one who has come out of Mitzrayim, out of difficulty taken out by Hashem and saved by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Kiddush becomes the fundamental building block. Because it's not just making Kiddush. Because that's not what we say. We say... Kadesh. Kadesh et atzmecha. What we're really saying is we're saying to everybody around us at the table, this is the opportunity to sanctify yourself. This is the opportunity to say, who am I really? And to have integrity around the person that I am, that I'm a Jew, that I'm part of Am Yisrael, that I'm a person that can really move towards a different level 
of connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Um, and that's what Kadesh really gives us that opportunity to do. Having said Kadesh, having understood that we have a foundation of Kedusha within ourselves, that we can move forward into the rest of the night, the rest of the night then has a few strange things that happen before we get to the meat of the, of the night, which is the Magid. And those things are, we've said Kiddush, then we have Urchatz and Karpas. Urchatz and Karpas come together because we wash our hands in order to eat the greens. But there's something fascinating about this concept of Karpas, because the concept of Karpas is very simply that um, we drink, we, we eat these, uh, these greens, these, um, this vegetable upon which we're going to make a beret priyadama, and we eat this, um, why? To, as the Bach explains, to stimulate our appetite a little bit more. We don't just dive straight into the food, but like free, wealthy people, we have a, a little bit of an hors d'oeuvre, perhaps. Just a small little thing just to stimulate our, our, um, our, our appetite. And part of that is to understand that our eating is not something just rote. But um, for us, the food that we eat is a means towards an end. The food that we're eating now even, even a small little bit, small little bit is in order just to, to have an appetizer, to, to, to show that we, we don't have to have a lot of food. And that's why we eat less than a kazai. That just a little bit, just that's, that's what it's, it's, we transform our enjoyment of our eating by having a small amount rather than enjoying the food itself by having a massive amount. Um, but what is karpas? So karpas can be used, um, kind of, you can use any, any bere priyadama. In fact, there was a period of time when they just discovered bananas in America, um, that uh, people used to use bananas for karpas. I know it sounds a bit strange, because bananas have the broch of bray and therefore the process of the night is to educate on um, our children. And one of the educational things you have to do is brochas. And so therefore they make the broch of bray on the banana as an educative process for the kids. So that's um, the thing. But karpas, at the end of the day, the Gemara says, why is it that we have karpas? The reason we have karpas is, kadei shish'alu atinokot, in order that little kids will ask. A tinok is a baby, is uh, someone pretty young, someone like, uh, you know, like, daddy, why are we eating uh, vegetables now? You know, that's the, that's the thing. Why are we having karpas? It's not a, it's not a profound question. It's a question of a baby. And if it's a question of a baby, then um, it means that it's, a, it's simply a trigger for questioning, as opposed to something profound. So we have the Bere Priyadama, upon which the, um, which the children ask a question, and the children um, will ask the question, so um, why are we dipping? Why are we eating vegetables before the meal? What are, what are we doing? And so there are various answers that we can answer them, I suppose. Um, but at the end of the day, the Prichadash tells us, you know, at the end of the day, it's very simple. 
that um, it's a question without an answer. Why do we eat karpas? So we can make droshas till the cows come home. But the reason why we really eat karpas is for the children to be um, beginning a process of their inquisitiveness. Having eaten the karpas, that is unusual in and of itself. It's either unusual in the fact that we're eating before we, we eat, or it's unusual in the fact that we dip it into, into water, which we never do normally. Um, and it's heightened the heightened awareness of the kids. We now move away from the awareness of the kids of, this, of something which is strange, but not ikari in any way, shape, or form to the Seder, and we move towards the ikar of the Seder. And the ikar of the Seder really, of course, is the matzah. And so therefore, we take this matzah at a time now of, um, of, of heightened attention of the kids. What's dad, mom, Zayda, Boba, what are, we, what are they going to do now that's different? And we take the matzah, the middle matzah, which in itself is strange because you don't normally have three loaves, but now we have three, and then obviously the question is, why do we have three? And with Kohen Levi Yisrael, there are various reasons, of course, why we have three matzahs, Avra, Mitzvah, Yaakov, Torah, Avodah, Gevinus, Chasadim, we take all of these things, and what we do with the matzah is unbelievably strange. Because the halacha in brochas is that when you make a brocha, on, uh, on anything. The ideal thing to do is to make a brocha not on a broken piece of bread or on a piece of bread, but rather on a whole loaf. And what we do now is we take the, the matzah and we break it in half. And um, in breaking it in half, we already um, change the normal protocol. But in addition to that, we know, even if we've got half, the normally what you would do is once you've made a bracha, you'd make a bracha on the more important, in inverted commas, piece, and that would be the bigger piece, because the bigger is always more important. And what we do now is that we take the bigger piece and we put the bigger piece away as the afikoma. And all part of this is very simply part of the process of creating inquisitiveness of the children. Yes, there are reasons we break and what the yachats, in, what the yachats implies, all these things. That's not what I'm thinking about right now. Right now, I'm focusing specifically, focusing specifically on, the, um, on the process that is happening. And then the Gomorrah tells us that um, the Gomorrah in, in, uh, in Psachim says, Rabbi Leazar says, that the children grab the matzahs in order, that they don't, in order that they don't sleep. It's difficult to understand this word that the children grab, because firstly we're supposed to um, not, uh, not grab, we're supposed to teach our children not to steal the matzahs, not to take something that's not theirs. Um, but really, according to the Rambam, is that uh, the adults do it. The adults keep the matzah away from the kids who want to get that piece of matzah in order that they can get their prize. The, uh, the Chok Yaakov says that a process happened that from the, from the, from the parents grabbing it, but now the children grabbing it, and, you know, we, um, we, we allow it because uh, it's part of this minag that we have that the children steal Afikoman and they ask for nice prizes. Um, one of the things Rav Rimon writes so beautifully is that he says... One of the reasons we hide the Afikoman 
is a preparation for redemption. At the time of the breaking it, we already recognized that things were incomplete. And if things are incomplete, then they demand, re- re- demand redemption. And the custom of hiding the afikoman, having the children search for it, ensures that even if we do not remember the afikoman at the end of the meal, or we're simply too tired at that point, the children will come to remind us. It's an unbelievable idea, right? That we might be too tired, we might have gone through so much, we've forgotten about the, the, the things that are important, but the children come. The redemption can sometimes be delayed because of the weariness, weariness and waning strength of the traditional adult leadership. At that point, says Rav Rimon, the young ones must come and arouse the adults to act and bring about redemption. In every generation, the transmission of power and the responsibility from the old generation to the new is marked with difficulty. Old leaders are often loath to acknowledge the rising power of the young. There's no shame in waking up and being refreshed by the vital voices of the children at the Seder night. In life, any life itself, we hide the Afikoma and encourage the children to be active partners in what goes on around them. And at the same time, we can draw new strength from the power of their youth. And my dear friends, that is the key to the Seder. In fact, it's the key to our Jewish lives. In fact, that is what's most important, is that we have to take these children and we have to make them not just people that at some point in time will become part of our Jewish world, but rather, as the Rav Ramon says, we must make them partners in what goes on around us, in what goes on around them. And because once they are partners, like in any other partnership, there's a mashpia and a mushpa. There's one who influences and one who is influenced. And at the moment, we as adults are the ones who influence our children. But it will come a point in time when they will have something from the lessons they've learned from us that they can then start teaching us. And at that point in time, there is renewal, there's revitalization. revitalization. There is the Chaga Aviv. That really is the point of why this Chag has to fall out in spring. It has to fall out at a time when, it's, um, when things are being renewed. Because a very, very big part of this Chag is the renewal of the... Um, of the approach to Yiddishkeit, of our approach to Yiddishkeit, of how we see things. And that indeed is what then brings us into this concept of Magid. What is Magid? Magid means to tell, to tell the story. We have an unbelievable privilege, an unbelievable privilege to be able to fulfill a Torah mitzvah sitting around the table as we tell our children the story of the Exodus from Mitzrayim. Just simply be able to tell them in and of itself is enough. But as we tell them and we discuss with them and we think about it, and we are supposed to be the ones that are the primary drivers behind the discussion, not them. Meaning we should be the ones that, are, that have got information, that have got knowledge, that have got depth around the, the inyanim, around the issues that we're going to talk about at the Seder. And what are those things? Slavery and freedom, of course. Redemption, transformation into a nation, the divine process, the concept of Am Yisrael, and the purpose of all of it is to internalize the Tzias Mitzrayim, which will then allow us to praise our Kodesh Baruch Hu, to, to, to 
really connect with the one who performed all these miracles for, for, for HaKadosh Baruch Hu and for us. And Bezrat Hashem, in that way, the Magid starts to transform itself. The Magid becomes the thing where we create the partnership of Bnei Yisrael, sorry, the, the partnership of our children to form what is really Bnei Yisrael. We're all part of Bnei Yisrael. And Bezrat Hashem, the Seder itself, it will enable us to take that.